Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody. Once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a great day. I got to I got to brag a little bit. So <laughs> I my know. I know. 67 yesterday at the US Mid-Am qualifier and was low by 3. So he gets in and then I got an email from the LPGA that I am in the field at the Senior LPGA Championship. So I don't know how many major championships that is. I'm going to count them up this morning. But I'm very excited because next week I'm going to be talking to you from our famous French Lick Clunch Butt Cheeks Pete Dye course. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, always a, a <laughs> that's always a good one. All right, we've got a great show this morning. I've got to get serious here. We've got a great show this morning. Uh, we're having a three-peat guest, Lilia Vu, is going to be joining us here. Uh, she just won the uh, Four Winds Invitational this past week, and um, then we're going to have uh, another No BS Zone a little bit later on. How to break 90 consistently, we're going to talk to you about that. But, Cindy, I, I got to be honest, I said to Lilia the last time she was on a few weeks ago, she won the Twin, Twin Bridges Championship, and uh, unfortunately you were – uh, busy with something, and I said, "Look, Lilia, you got to go out and win another event. So you can come on and talk to Cindy." So here she is, Cindy. Let's welcome Lilia Vu. What a good kid you are! Thank you for complying and winning another <laughs> tournament. Congrats! Hi, Ken. Hi, Cindy. It's good to be back. <laughs> good to have you back, too, Cindy. Yeah, thanks. Hey, so do you get to go up to the LPGA Tour now after three wins? Uh, there's no automatic promotion, but it looks like I'm in a pretty good spot with five tournaments left. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Yeah, good. she's so we don't need to worry. Yeah, she's number. No, she's number one right now in the Volvic race for the card, and uh, she's. Uh, it'd be pretty hard to knock her off her perch, as it were. So I think she's uh, she's going to be good to to go for for next season. But um, Cindy, I'm going to let you have the floor to start off with a little bit, um, since I had her the last time. So you go ahead first. So what did you do extremely well last week? Uh, I think I adapted to the course well. So the first couple days, the practice round, I think it rained twice out of the three days that we were able to practice and the course was almost completely flooded and 
They Ooh. so we practice the course with very soft greens. You can attack the pin. The greens are so small, so it was nice that we could just attack the pin. And each day it got drier and drier, and the greens got super firm. So by the last day, we went from hitting pin yardage to front yardage, and it was a very different course on the final day. And it was super windy, so we really had to adjust to that. And I think I did that pretty well. Wow, that's awesome. That's really awesome. How many days did it take to go from soft to hard? The first day already, it was already dried out. But it was soft enough to the point where I would spin my wedges off the green. But the next day, the second day, it was already rock hard, and you had to hit at least five yards short of the pin. Holy cow. Good for you. Mm. What's the best part of your game other than your brain? Um, I'd say my putting, but I'm also a ball striker, so I'm not very sure. I think it's still my putting, honestly. When you say mm. you're putting, what is so good about your putting? Is it your lag putting? Is it that you make you know, putts inside of 10 feet. Uh, I I think I'm good at just making putts. I have this thing where I just stand up to it, and if I have a feeling that I'm going to make it, it's a good probability that I will make it. Um, And I feel that almost every hole. I think I, so I do aim point, so I think that gives me the confidence that that's the right read. And then I just try to take a good stroke and hope it goes in. Do you know if you're linear or nonlinear? Do you see straight lines or curved lines? Um, so I feel like once I read my break, it's a straight line to the point outside the hole and then the break will take it from there. So I'm not sure. I would actually like to know now. <laughs> Where do you live in the winter? Uh, California. Okay. I was hoping you'd say um, Orlando. But anyway, That's it's not a big far. deal. You don't need to <laughs> na- You know what? Here's the catch. You don't even need to know that because you already have a system. And God knows we do not want to ever confuse the system that works. So don't worry about whether you're linear or nonlinear. Just keep your mouth shut and keep doing what you're doing and make everything you look at. (laughs) And life will be just fine, right? (laughs) Ted, go ahead. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, And certainly life is, is fine for Lilia this year. She's having a great season. Um, she won, uh, as I said, three events. Her first event of the season was the Garden Seas Charity Classic, then the Twin Bridges Championship, and then now the Four Winds Invitational. So she's, she's on a roll, and, and I, I'm probably going to mess this up a little bit because I'm not always good at pronouncing things, but is it the Potawatomi Cup? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Do you know? Okay. First guess. Um, in addition to winning uh, the 15th tournament of the season on Symmetra, uh, she also collects uh, the eighth annual, whatever that was, cup, uh, which gave her an extra 8,000 
uh, in bonus prize money. So that helped elevate her her uh, pocketbook a little bit as well. So um, now, how I, I didn't have never heard of this before. Now, is this something that they've obviously it's the eighth season, so they've been doing this every year. Um, what what happens? How do you how do you get that? Okay, so it's so the Potawatomi tribe uh, sponsors three events that we have: the Harris Michigan tournament, the um, Firekeepers, and this mm-hmm. past week's Four Winds. And I think it's cumulative points out of those three tournaments. So top five points at the end of all of them get extra bonus money. So I think that's what it is. It's kind of like FedEx Cup, but three tournaments that right. they host. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So if you so yeah, so if you win one, that's obviously even better. Um, that sort mm-hmm. of really elevates you up to that top. Okay, so that's good. So that that's that really boosts you along. So that's nice. That's nice little extra change. That's now. I think I asked you this the last time you were on. And I said, you know, is there something special you're going to do for yourself with this money that you've won this year? And you weren't really too sure. So now that you've got another event and you've got another big jump of money and this extra eight grand, have you thought since the last time you were on a few weeks ago, is something special you'd like to do for yourself maybe at the end of the season or maybe even coming up sooner than that? Honestly, I was just going to take my family to dinner and just, that's it. Honestly, I don't have anything in my brain that I want right now. I'm pretty content with everything. I think that's smart. I think that's the the sign of a winner. Too many people go out and spend a lot of money and want to do a lot of things. So I think that's very, very smart. Um, and you know what? There'll be plenty of time down the road for you to do something special or treat yourself for all of the, the things that you've done. So Cindy asked you what was really your strong part of your game. What areas of your game do you have problems with? And maybe you can kind of spin it in a way to help the listeners out there. What is it that you do with areas that are difficult for you sometimes out in the golf course, when you get back out to the practice tee or the practice range, what specifically do you do to try to work on that? So I'm a field-based player and Actually, at the previous tournament, um, so the Firekeepers event, my driver is usually my strength, but I, on the first two days, I think I hit so many trees off the tee, trees that I didn't even know were in the way. And (laughs) on the last day, I ended up shooting nine under at the Firekeepers, and I think all I did was just, even though I didn't have my driver feel down, I told myself, okay, let's try to play the best you can. And honestly, I don't know how I shot nine under because I did banana slice four drives that day. But I think I just stayed positive and I knew that the other parts of my game were good in in a good place so that I was able to trust the other parts of my game as well even though my driver was kind of going everywhere. And I know that some players, <clears throat> when one thing is off, they go to the range and they just pound balls and try to figure something out. But I know that my mm-hmm. driver's been good all season, so I wasn't going right. to go and 
change something technically. So I just tried to go back to that swing feel that I remembered. And then as the rounds go on, as the days goes by, I know I'll come back to that feel and it'll be fine again. So I think I just, you know, just kept swimming and just kept doggy paddling out of it. And then I went back and then the next week my driver was in a good place again, just like that naturally. Yeah, I think that's a great approach because you're you're exactly right. Something that you said that I I just want to mention for the listeners out there, you know, a lot of amateur golfers would do just exactly what you suggest they shouldn't do, and that is to go and try to make all these changes, Um, especially if, for the most part, if you're hitting that particular club or that particular part of your game is normally pretty good, you're always going to have an off week or an off day even, um, and to start making drastic changes. I think this is where a lot of players, uh, especially our high handicappers, go wrong as they start um, taking something that normally is pretty good because they've had a bad day or a bad round, and they start making drastic changes. And the next thing you know, it's even worse than what it was um, during that bad moment. Um, what do you think? What's the difference? And I know there's obviously obvious differences, but what's the difference? Why do you think um, what is it about professional golfers out on tour that seem to, what is it that they get that amateurs don't get? Why do amateurs struggle so much? Hmm. I mean, we do practice and play much more than amateurs. I think sure. that, um, I just think we really know our game. Like, just because one drive goes hooks, just say hooks, they don't fix the next one and overcorrect. Because mm-hmm. I read this book, Extraordinary Golf, by Fred Shoemaker. If you have a miss, don't fix it. Just keep going and keep doing that miss so that you know that what you're doing right now creates that hook. Because if you switch techniques every other swing, how do you know what's your um, tendency, you know? You have to really find your tendency, and then go from there. That's honestly how I fix my golf game over the past two years. Just find your tendency and play with it and then straighten it out from there. Don't overcompensate the, every other swing because then you'll never know what you're doing and then you'll have a two-way miss. Yeah, and that's another great point. You're exactly right again because that is so true. We see so many amateurs. You know, Cindy and I you know, both teach. Cindy obviously uh, plays as well, but... Um, you know, we see that a lot where students will um, try to overcorrect things a lot, and it's very difficult to get them to understand that that's not the best way to approach it. Um, what do you think your practice, what is it that you do in your practice sessions that make it fun? Because this is something that we hear a lot as professional uh, on the teaching side of the game is everybody says, well, you know, we you know we maybe want them to practice more of the short game. Well, it's not really fun, and and you know we try to give them things to make it more creative and that, and they just don't seem to. What is it that you do? Because you know, let's be honest. Sometimes practice probably isn't a lot of fun uh, if you're out there for an hour or two. What do you do to make it fun, to, so that you get the most out of it? So I don't practice a lot. I do all of my stuff mostly on the golf course, um, because I think that's honestly better for me because it's really tough 
honestly, I think it's tough to transfer what you practice on the practice range to the course. So I figured if I just practice on the course, I can do it at the tournament, you know. So Mm -hmm. for – but I do practice. And on the range, I try not to hit, say, 57 iron shots to one pin. I kind of like to switch between clubs. Say I'll hit a driver, and the next one I'll hit a nine iron, and then I'll hit a five iron to a different pin. Just keep changing your targets because when you're on the course, you're not hitting the the same eight iron shot to the same pin. You have different clubs. So I like to just be kind of spontaneous. I mean, I have a track band now, so even with, the the combines where they give you random numbers. I like to do that. That's honestly how I like to practice. Just don't, like, block, block practice. I don't really like that. So I'll just do mm-hmm. that. And when I putt, I have two different drills that I do. So I'll do um drill where I'll just make 10 straight putts in a row, and then I'll move on. And that's when I know, like, my strokes in the right area because I'll just putt line Mm -hmm. after line. And then I'll do these long putts. So with one ball, I'll putt nine holes. And it could be short or a long putt. And the goal is to make it past the hole and not leave it short. If you leave it short, you move back a putter length. And the par, each par is two. And the goal is to finish under par for the nine holes, say like two under. So the goal is not to three putt and then to make putt and pass the hole. Hmm. I think that's very interesting. And you're right. I think a lot of uh, our amateurs tend to be more in the block practice area. They, you know, out there hitting the same club uh, for many, many shots before they switch, and they're not really mixing it up. And and you're right. You have you have to sort of emulate what the situation is going to be on the golf course. So, you know, you're not going to be hitting your driver, you know, 10 shots in a row. So why do it on the range? So mix it up clubs, you know, pretend, create scenarios that you might be faced with out there. Um, Use a little bit of imagination and, and make a a game out of it. Don't just get out there and hit balls because we see this so many times. And Cindy, I know you can attest to that. Um, We see so many people just practicing the same thing time in time out and they never really get any better, and they get out in the golf course, and they just don't seem to be able to pull it together. Um, Cindy, go ahead. You know what I think is really cool is the fact that you're really allowing yourself to be you and to be the best you that you can be. So many people believe that they need to rake and hit, rake and hit, rake and hit, and I absolutely hate standing on the range practicing. Now, if you're working on your swing, you probably need to do that. But if you already know how to swing, Standing there and going through the motions is so boring. So good for you for doing that. Um, do you have your stats from this past week? How many fairways, greens, and putts? I do not. Do you keep track of them? I should, but I don't. I think because I'm so busy just trying to play the best. I can, and I know that I did in college, and I need to do that now, but I haven't had time to look at the stats now. So, again, another for our listeners, if you had a coach that was really left brain and analytical, that would drive them crazy 
but that works for you. So don't feel guilty that you didn't do that because you, you instinctively know what you need to work on, I'm guessing. Is that true? Yeah, I I have a good grasp of what I need to work on. I even know what I'm going to do this week. Um, yeah, I think if I were to look at my stats, I would be kind of hard on myself. And I don't know if that would be a good mindset because I'm in like a more grateful, like happy to play mindset right now. And it's been working. I don't want to get be too hard on myself and just want to be nice to myself right now. Totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. And I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't change it. Don't even go there. So what are you going to yeah. do for fun? Mm. Well, I have a tea time lined up on Thursday, so I'm playing with some of the members at my club, and I'm excited for that because they're, they're like my little fan club. So I can't wait to play with them <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Where's the next Symmetra Tour event? The next one's in Idaho, so I leave Monday for that. Coeur d'Alene? It's in Coeur d'Alene, but ooh, I don't think ooh, it's the Coeur d'Alene ooh. golf course. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I wish. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Our son played in a college tournament there. That's awesome. Ted, go ahead. So I think that's great, uh, and I, I agree with with what you said, Lilia, about stats, I think that's a, a smart move. You know, you're, you're in a good place, and you don't want to start looking at numbers and 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 start thinking, well, you know, I could use a, a, some better putting stats, or I could use some better this or that. And and you know, you're in a good flow right now. You've won three events this year um, so far. You've got uh, there's five events left. You're playing in four of them, and um, you know, you're on a good roll, so why rock the boat, as they say? And, you know, you're you're having fun, you're enjoying yourself, which I, I believe I said to you the last time a few weeks ago you were on, I said, you know what, go out and just have fun and enjoy it. Don't worry, you know, you're where you are because you have the ability to be there. Um, so you don't need to monkey around, you don't need to focus on making sure everything's perfect. You've got the game, you, you, you are a field player, as you suggest, and so you know when things are feeling right and when they're not, and you just go out there and play with whatever game you've got that day. But more importantly, just go out and have fun and enjoy it because, you know, you're young, you've got a lot of energy uh, left in you, and you can play this game for a very, very long co- time. You're going to do, I think, phenomenal in your career as a player, both on the Symmetra and when you uh, transition to the, the LPJ Tour as well. I think you're going to have a phenomenal career and just go out there first and foremost and have fun. I think you're going to uh, do serve yourself much better by doing that um, and not focusing on you know everything having to be just just so so. Um, any final thoughts for our listening audience? If you would want a sort of a go away tip that you'd like to give them um, to maybe help their game, what would you uh, like to offer? Hmm. You didn't know this was going to be a quiz, did you? <laughs> No, but I was I'm just thinking back to my pro am group. I think that all amateur golfers could benefit from finding their rhythm in their putting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I say one Mississippi two, and by the time so that's when I'm starting my backswing. By the time I hit two, that's when I hit the ball. I think 
some either get really nervous looking at the hole or just overall nervous with their golf game, and they'll just jab at it. And I think if they find their own consistent rhythm, they'll really help their putting, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great tip to leave them with. Well, Ilya, thank you very much for joining us this morning, and congratulations again on, on winning this past week's event. And uh, I think you've got, uh, you've got some more in you there, so we may be hearing from you again <laughs> before season's out. Um, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to, uh, to having that, uh, that time again with you. You've been a great guest, as always, and we appreciate you coming on. And just go out and have fun. Go out and enjoy yourself. Have yeah, fun. Have enjoy playing with... Yeah, go out, enjoy playing with your members uh, this week and, and your fan club and, and uh, just have fun. Yeah, thank you, Ted. Thank you, Cindy. You're welcome, honey. Have some fun and good luck. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, it was Lilia Vu, uh, winner of the Four Winds Invitational. Uh, it was held in South Bend, Indiana this past week. And um, what a great... Really, very positive uh, young lady. Um, so let me go back a little bit. We got a couple of minutes here, and then I'll I'll do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get into the no BS zone. So Jamie, of course, is who you were talking about in the early uh, part of the show. Uh, shot a, a 67. Yeah. At the event, correct? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad, huh? No, I know. That's uh, that's incredible. I saw the posts on Facebook, and I was thinking, wow, he needs to be out on tour. No. <laughs> he he no, needs to, be... he needs to no, stay home and make a living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and no offense, but this is, this is going to sound snobby, yeah. but probably a tour player would have shot 62. So, you know, yeah. they're just so good. Unbelievable, but yeah, we're no, grateful, Jamie, and he gets to go to Sanctity and uh, in Nantucket for the USGA Mid Amateur Championship. So we're very excited. Yeah, no, he's he's having fun, and he's got a great job, a great career as it stands, anyways. And this is something that he can in, enjoy and have fun at, and and be, still be competitive and that. So yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I think he's in a good place. So uh, congratulations to Jamie for uh, having an awesome event. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with another No BS Zone, and we're going to help you break 90 consistently, we hope. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, uh, welcome back, everyone. And uh, we're going to enter the no BS zone, and, and uh, we're going to talk about how to break 90 consistently. So if you want to break 90, uh, you need not make doubles, double bogeys I'm referring to, or worse, because uh, you're certainly not going to get there very easily. Uh, so if you find yourself, as an example, uh, hitting into the trees, as uh, Lilia mentioned, she's hit a few trees uh, along the way here this season. Um, 
the idea is just get the ball out to a place you can play the next shot easily. Don't try some hero shot. Uh, try to obviously get on the green and make the putt or two putt for a bogey. Uh, maximum double bogey, of course. Triples and quadruples are killers. And Cindy, I've I got a couple things here. Um, we won't maybe have time to go through every single one of them, but just a few. And, and here's, I think, um, these are some shots I, I came across. I didn't do all this myself. Some of it I did, some of it I didn't, so I can't take complete credit for it. But uh, here are five shots uh, that you need. And number one is, and again, there is obviously flexibility depending on the level of player you are, but a club that goes straight, obviously, um, say 160 yards or more off the tee. So uh, this is a club you're going to use off the tee, Cindy, every single hole except par threes where you might need a different club depending on the yardage. Um, And 160 is the minimum, but essentially what you want is the longest club you can hit straight. Um, so select a club that uh, in your bag that you feel most comfortable with to hit 160 or more yards. The longer, the better, of course. Uh, this could be your fairway wood, a hybrid driver, or five iron, depending on what you're really good at. This is something that you want to consistently hit straight. Uh, so whatever club it is, um, you want to use this off the tee most often. And the goal, obviously, here, Cindy, is to hit the fairways off the tee. Um, because we're, we're looking for bogeys. If we're going to break 90, we're looking for no worse than bogeys uh, and hopefully get a few pars along the way. So what do you think about this sort of strategy, if you will? Because we see so many players think, I've got to hit my driver. They don't hit it very well. They're hitting trees. They're hitting it in left, right, all over the place. Doesn't it make sense, at least initially, until you progress to become a better player, that you scale back and find a club that's going to make sure, and again, we're leaving par threes out here because they're different uh, holes, but your par fours and par fives, ultimately you want to be in the fairway. What do you think of this uh, approach for our first step? I think it's brilliant. (laughs) I think you should hit whatever club you can hit uh, straight. You know, even if it goes a little more than 160, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's a... If it's a three wood, if it's a three hybrid, if it's a five iron, mm-hmm. um, many people come in for lessons and say, I need to hit my driver farther, and they really don't need to hit their driver farther. They need to hit something straighter. But they believe, right. you know, they need to use that club, and that's the, the myth. You don't need to use that club. You need to hit something that goes straight. So I totally agree. Yep. Well, and and just very quickly, uh, and then we'll move on to the next one. You know, we all want to hit our driver well. I mean, that's the that's the big club in the bag. That's the one we want to launch it a you know a mile. But the truth of the matter is, most amateurs really struggle with that club, and they seem to think, well, if I you know I'm not really playing golf. If I can hit my driver, what's the point? The point is, you're trying to score. It's about the score. It's trying to improve that area, improve your handicap, and so on. And if you're not getting it in the fairway the majority of time, um, then you're not going to score very well. And ultimately, your, your level of enjoyment of the game is going to go down. So, again, pick a club that you're consistently, if it's 160, 175 yards, 180, even if it's 200 yards, if you can hit that club straight with uh, a high level of of rapidity, uh, success, whatever you want to term it, 
that's the club you use off the tee. Again, whether it's a hybrid, whether it's a five iron, you know, six iron, seven iron even, whatever club you need to put yourself in the fairway every single time, that's the club you use off the tee. Um, and that's going to set you up for more often than not success. Because if you're hitting out of the woods and out of the fairways or out of the rough all the time, then you're going to have a harder time. The step, second step is having a solid pitching game uh, inside 70 yards. Uh, while we're trying to avoid uh, the 30 to 70-yard pitch shots on the course as much as we can, they're going to happen. So it's best to learn to play them because they'll save you three or, or four uh, more shots per round. So that's going to help you right there alone. So select a club, whichever you prefer to use. It might be your lob wedge, might be a gap wedge, sand wedge, or even your pitching wedge, whatever you perform best with. And I'm going to point this one out too. Um, this will sort of help you practice, but there's a great way to learn how to judge these shots and build confidence. And it's sort of based around uh, something that Dave Pels, I'm mentioning him in here, um, has done, and that's sort of around the clock. So if you, you know, if you take it back uh, to um, let's say uh, 8 o'clock or 4 o'clock, whichever, depending on how you're reading the clock, um, then you want to put it through that way. Talk about that, if you wouldn't mind, because I know you've mentioned many, many times about um, Alan being somebody that Dave Pels recognized as one of the straightest uh, ball strikers that he had ever seen. Um, Dave is obviously known for his short game, this is something, too, that people really need to be able to dial in with is their short game. And there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, what are your thoughts here? Because this is something that people need to be uh, good at. I believe that it depends on the person. Just like Lilia, uh, she's very feel-oriented and probably visual and doesn't really want to think 400 different thoughts standing over the ball. So I believe I use Dave Powell's clock, right? I pretend my head is midnight, or you could pretend your yep. head is 6 o'clock and the ball is midnight, whichever way you do. And then I tell my students to grip down, grip middle, grip end, and change the size of their swing depending on the distance they want the ball to fly. And you can control how far it flies by doing that. Well, now, Alan, it's funny, you know, they were great pals, Dave Powell's and Alan, but Alan doesn't mm -hmm. use that system at all because he's more like Lilia. He's more a visual feel, and that mm -hmm. would totally be left brain and make him crazy. So it depends on the player. I believe it's a great system, but some people would say, oh, that's way too much thinking. I don't want to do that. But it's definitely a way, even if you just use a body part. You know, I'm going to grip down and just swing it to my knees. And then I'm going to swing it to my hips, and then I'm going to swing it to my waist, and then I'm going to swing it above my waist. It will change the size of the swing, which will change, you know, the distance the ball flies. So I believe mm -hmm. it's a great system. Yeah, I, I do as well. And he's obviously uh, it's uh, had a lot of success for a lot of players that have adopted that system. So uh, obviously there's something going right there. And and that's uh, step two. Uh, to have in your bag, if you will. The third one is two favorite clubs, your two favorite clubs from inside 150 yards. Let me explain. You want to find two clubs that you know you can hit on the green from
from 150 yards or less, just two of them. And it's up to you whatever you like the most. So as an example, uh, it might be your pitching wedge from 120 to 130 yards, uh, maybe a gap wedge from 105 to 115, might be a 9-iron or whatever it is, whatever the combination is, two favorite clubs that you can hit good within 150 yards. Um, if you can almost hit your green every uh, every green with your 8-iron from 120 yards and a pitching wedge from 100 yards, as an example, that would be perfect. Um, so, and you're going to use these two clubs on your final approach shots to green. So, for instance, uh, and I think, you know, this is an example that I, I pulled off uh, this uh, site that I was reading. And it talks about, as an example, if you had 240 yards to the green after your drive on a very long par 4, you know you can't reach. So what you're going to do is break the distance into two shots. So, again, it might be your one shot might be 130 yards that you're going to hit that pitching wedge, and then now you've got 110 yards, which is going to fall within that range again with your other club that you're going to be able to get on the green. Um, so what you're really thinking about here is, is how I can place my ball so I can hit my favorite iron onto the green for my third shot. That's what you're trying to do is so that you're positioning yourself. Um, this is something, too, and a lot of people don't think about this. They think, well, okay, I've got to hit this club and that club. This falls into really strategy, don't you agree, is really how can I take my situation and what can I do strategically with what I know I can do comfortably to execute, again, that, say, that 240 shot. What do you think about that, having those two clubs for 150 yards, and what do you think of that strategy as well? It's, I think it's perfect. Again, it is strategy. Use your head. Mm-hmm. Don't just try to kill the ball. So many people just try to hit the ball, and they're not thinking about what they're doing with the club or their smartest play from that location. It's you got to think and go above and beyond just whacking away, you know, as Robin Williams would say, like with a tire iron, trying to kill it. So you got to use your, your brain. Right, totally I couldn't agree. Uh, number four is a consistent two putt, uh, and obviously a short, uh, solid short putt. Um, three putts are, are what kills a lot of scores. And as Lilia put it, you know, this is something that she works on. So I think everybody can two putt. It's just a matter of some practice. So, you know, hit the practice green after work uh, if you can. Or even at home, if you've got a nice carpet, uh, you know, short uh, carpet, not a shag, uh, in your in your home somewhere, uh, you know, work once or twice a week for about 30 minutes uh, to an hour over the time. Not every, each session because it's too long, but uh, and you might even want to break it up into you know 15, 20 minute sessions uh, a few times a week when you get home. Um, that's something as well, Cindy. What do you think? What are your thoughts on putting? What can they do maybe to really help keep it down to two putt max? Practice distance control. What I suggest you do is go to the green and drop three balls and do not aim at a cup. Put your feet shoulder width apart and hit three balls from the same location with the width of your stroke being the width of your feet and make all three balls go the same distance. And this is really mm-hmm. good practice. So it's back and through, back and through, no distinctive effort of hitting. 
it's just swinging back and through and becoming consistent with your tempo, as Lilia said. And if you do that, Mm -hmm. the balls are all going to go the same distance. Well, then what I do is I walk them off and I get a key for the day. So if I'm going to play the golf course um, that I'm on that day, I'm assuming that the practice green is the same speed as the greens on the course. And if the Mm -hmm. ball goes five yards with my feet shoulder width apart, probably all balls will go the same distance if I make the same stroke. And then all you do is make a bigger stroke or a smaller stroke depending on the length of your putt. If you do that, you'll get the ball closer to the hole and you won't three putt as much. Yeah. And and you may still have the odd one, but you're going to reduce it drastically. Um, and, and that's some great advice is, is getting your, your speed or distance control. Uh, you know, direction is, is a lot easier than what people think. More often than not, people get into a, a situation, even on a breaking putt, is they don't have the distance control, and they end up either hitting it too hard or not hard enough, and it just doesn't get to the hole. As Lilia said, she would rather be past the hole than be short, because um, at least that way she knows she's given it enough juice, and it's just a matter of whether her direction uh, is good or not. So that's some great advice there as well. Uh, tip number five is, or step number five rather, is uh, pick one club to chip with around the greens. Now, we've always heard, well, you know, you can have multiple clubs, and you can. But here's the problem. You want to select a club that you like to, say, bump and run, chip with. Um, in other words, you want to be consistent to getting it onto the green and getting it to roll to the hole. Too many guys, particularly even some of the gals, get out there and they want to flop or lob their shot. It's very, very difficult, inconsistent uh, if you're trying to break 90. And more often than not, you'll either skull or fluff uh, a great many of these shots. This is one too, Cindy, and I don't know you know, if you sort of subscribe to the same thing, but I think particularly for our high handicappers is let's find one club, whatever it may be. It might be your pitching wedge. It might be a 9-iron, depending on the situation. Um that you get comfortable with doing those bump and run chip shots. What do you think? Totally agree. Totally agree. Otherwise, and I see so many people using lob wedges to hit chip and run shots, and a lob wedge is made to go high and not roll. So I would I would pick a gap wedge or a fifty four degree uh, sand wedge or. 56 degree play it back so if you want the ball to roll and you're a right-handed player right foot is roll left foot is lost and just jerry-rig the one club and needless to say just adapt yourself to whether or not you want it to go high or low and then figure out how big a swing you're going to take to make it fly certain distances and then run if you become a master of that you're going to be great yeah exactly um so very quickly, we're going to wrap this up a little bit and, and talk about implementing the shots that we just talked about uh, to break 90. So here's how you sort of wrap it together. So uh, for par three as an example, we sort of left those out of the mix. Um, these are, are typically reachable in one shot if you're playing from the correct tees. Notice I said correct tees. Um, you, should be, uh, you should look to be on the near uh, – uh, on or near the green on par threes and be happy with a bogey here. Again, we're just trying to break 90 at this point. Um, so bogey's here and be sure to get on the green in one or maximum two shots. On long par threes, 
look for a safe bailout area where if you miss, you'll have an easy chip onto the green and then purposefully hit uh, it there. Uh, you know, you're, hopefully you'll one-putt it from there. You might two-putt uh, it, but at least that way you're going to walk away from a bogey. Don't try to go for the pin. If you're not a good, even if it's within your wheelhouse, don't try to go for the pin. Uh, the idea here is uh, focus on bogey as, as the maximum that you want to hit. Maybe you'll get a par. Maybe you'll even get lucky and you'll get a birdie. So don't be a hero and go for the green if you can't reach it. A bogey, as we said, is not a bad score. Um, what are your thoughts here, Cindy, very quickly um, for par three? Does that sound about right, trying to just um, play it safe and don't try to be too aggressive? Because a lot of times par threes, they'll surround it with water or extra bunkers to make it a little bit more challenging because it's a shorter hole. So what do you think about what I just said? Totally agree. Totally agree. Again, just try to avoid big numbers. That's what this is, Mm -hmm. is a strategy to avoid big numbers. And if you do that, you're going to score so much better. I I mean, it's just going to be so much easier and you're going to enjoy playing. And once you do that a couple times, you're going to go, wow, that was less stressful and I'm going to have a lot more fun playing golf. So I dare you to do that. Right, exactly. And and par fours, obviously a little bit more involved here, but this goes back to what we talked about in point one, finding that club that you're hitting comfortably, say, 160 yards. So on some of the shorter par fours, an example, uh, you want to try to hit the green in two shots. So, for example, if a par four is only 300 to 350 yards, you can hit it on or around the green in two shots. And if you practice hitting the club, as I mentioned, that you selected for above for tee shots, you'll be in position to hit that short par four in two. On longer par fours, uh, you want to try to be able to hit the green in three shots. So, an example, if it's a 450 par four, uh, that's where you want to do that. Again, hit the club that we selected above that goes longest and straightest off the tee, 160 plus yards. Uh, you'll have, you know, as an example, you have 280 yards to the green. So how we get to your favorite club, eight iron from 130 into the green as an example, we need to hit one shot 150 yards that will give you 130 yards. So you might want to hit your six iron. So again, strategy comes into play for this, but this is where particularly you, utilizing that first step is really going to come into play. Uh, again, try, rather than trying to think, well, I'm going to hit it 200-something yards with my driver and being all over the place, Cindy, is just not going to work. So this is another, again, comes into strategy. Maybe you can touch a few more points here. Again, it's all about avoiding big numbers. And if you can take what we call a, a fairway finder swing, it might even be a half mm-hmm. swing, being very aware of mm-hmm. what you're doing with the club and feeling yourself tossing underhanded towards the target and swinging through towards the target and not swinging, you know, like a wild person, um, mm-hmm. then balls are going to go straight. You're going to learn to trust your swing. You're going to hit it um, in the fairway. You're not going to take big numbers. And then what's going to happen is you're going to gain some confidence. I even tell beginners, go out there and use a tee while you're playing. Well, I'm not allowed to. I'm like, well, who cares? You're practicing. So it's a matter of getting a feel and learning to trust yourself. You're not playing in the U.S. Open. Who really cares, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you've got 14 clubs in your bag. 
So there's a lot of different options there. But playing smart, it, it really boils down to this, Cindy. And I'll just touch very quickly on par fives, and then we'll, we'll sort of wrap up. So par fives, you know, a couple of those par fives will be reachable for you in three shots. You're not going to, unless you're a, a more accomplished player, forget about trying to go for them in two. Uh, so try to hit one or two of them in three shots. Uh, it's not always possible, but when you see a par five that's lay 480 yards, that's only 160 yards per shot, and you can definitely reach that in three shots. So again, rather than trying to pull out the big stick and trying to, you know, hit it 200, muscle it, you know, 2 250 down, you know, which is not likely going to happen for most of our high handicap players, break it up into three shots. If you're hitting even 170, you're definitely going to get there in three shots for most par fives. Now some of the really long par fives, you might need a little bit extra help, but that is going to reduce immensely your score on par fives. I know a lot of people that hit uh, get on par fives and they're walking away with a seven or an eight. And I'm thinking that's crazy because they, again, they miss club off the tee. Uh, it's going all over, or maybe they've got to hit a provisional now because they've lost it in the bush. So now they're hitting three off the tee and you know, they're already behind the eight ball and they haven't even gotten down the fairway yet. So uh, again, Cindy, um, it sounds like a broken record, but it comes down to strategy, right? It does. It does. It does. It does. Again, and sometimes people aren't willing to change their mindset until they make enough big numbers and they understand that it's just silly to do so. Um, but again, you know, I had a guy come in for a lesson and all he said was, I'm playing in a scramble and I want to be the longest driver. I said, really? Mm-hmm. You know, how often do you play golf? Oh, once a month. I'm like, okay. You know, mm-hmm. so when your goal <laughs> doesn't meet your work ethic, right? Uh-huh. If you don't right. practice and play, which is what Lilia said to us, if you don't practice and play, who do you think you are? You're not good enough to do that. So why don't yep. you be the guy that's always in the fairway and let some other he-man be the long driver that hits a crooked? Mm-hmm. It's just but some people just want to hit it far. I'm like, okay, but that's not what the game is about. It's about scoring. So right. sometimes they got to get wounded right. enough to bleed to get off the nail to do something about it. You know, I, I always hear everybody always says the same thing, right? You know, you hit it right on the head. I want to hit it further. I want to be able to hit it farther. But you said something in the very beginning is let's learn to hit it straighter first. You know, then work on hitting yeah. it farther because – the, the, the truth of the matter is anybody with a, a reasonable uh, attempt can learn to hit it farther. But the problem is right. hitting it straighter is, yeah. is where we fall into it. So I'm going to wrap up these five points real quick. I'm going to just give them to you again real quick. Uh, write them down. Listen to the, to the uh, show again if you need to. But here's the five shots you need. First, a club that goes straight 160 yards more off the tee. That's the first thing. A club that you hit consistently off the tee straight, 160 yards or more. The second one is a solid pitching game within 70 yards. We talked about that, finding uh, whatever wedge works best for you that you're consistently hitting within that range. Your two favorite clubs from inside 150 yards, again, whatever that makeup, it might be a pitching wedge and a gap wedge, it might be an eight iron and a wedge, whatever that is that you're comfortably hitting within 150 yards. Uh, number four is a, con- a consistent two-putt and a solid short putt. So you want to make sure those 
uh, three-foot putts, you're knocking them in 90% of the time. And you don't want to do any worse than two-putt on any green. So you want to, again, use your noggin there to get yourself in position so that you're close enough that you're going to two-putt virtually every time. You might get the odd three-putt, but they're going to be far few in between. And the last one is one club to chip with around the greens. Uh, again, for those bump-and-run chips, you want to make sure. Don't try to flop. You see the pros doing it all the time. To be honest, I hate when I see them doing that because I know every amateur's out there the very next day out at the practice tee. They're trying to work on those flop shots. And those guys, as Lilia pointed out, they're practicing so much. And even they flub a few here and there, but they're practicing it so much. The amount of practice needed to pull those shots off with any sort of consistency is so much that you're going to waste a lot of your time and effort. So forget about those high lob flop shots, whatever you want to call it. Focus on those bump and run chip shots. Pick the club that's going to best do that. Might be a pitching wedge, might be a nine iron, might even be an eight iron. Whatever's going to work, pick that club to chip uh, around the greens so that you can consistently do that and get it running up towards the hole. If you implement these shots that we talked about, you're going to be well on your way to breaking 90. And that's really what every golfer wants, right, Cindy? Absolutely, and once you break 90, you can see how easy it is to get to 85, and then you can get to 80, and then you can get to 75, and then needless to say, you get better. That's right. Then you're like Jamie. Then you're playing in championships, and you're having fun. And, and you know, that's really what it boils down to is, is learning to play smarter. Um, I, again, if I had a, a nickel for every person I've seen out in the range just raking and hitting balls, trying to do the same thing, and wondering why they never improve, uh, that's probably one of the most frustrating things as a teach professional that we see is people making, you know, doing the same thing. That's the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing day in, day out, and expecting a different uh, outcome. It's just not going to happen. So hopefully that will help you guys consistently break 90. Uh, Cindy, please uh, extend a congratulations to Jamie for me. Job well done, and I look forward to uh, hearing some more uh, of his great play and uh, all the others out there as well. And uh, good that you're going to be playing in uh, uh, an upcoming event. So that's going to be when? Next week. Next week. Next week. Oh, that's French that French lick, right? Yep. yep. Okay, yep. that's right. That's right. So, um, all right. Well, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you uh, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We hope you uh, learned something, and we appreciate, again, our guest, Lilia Vu, for joining us. Uh, off the Symmetra Tour. So God bless everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time right here on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.